1: OGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, Rich Zioli. I sang
0: this little ditty on our way through Ocean City. Heading south along the Jersey Shore On the way to Cape Cape May. May Kate May. All right, welcome back to the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. We are live. Uh, before I get to my guest, I want to bring up Ray and his liberal wife. They made it. Ray. Ray. Come on up. And the liberal wife. We're, come on up. It's her birthday today. I, come on up, everybody. Listen. Ray called up me at the show a couple weeks ago. He said, Rich, I love you. I listen every day. I want to bring my wife, but I want to know is everyone going to be nice to her? I said, This is the only army it's the nicest people in the world. Of course, we're going to be nice. And we're all going to sing happy birthday. What, now, what's your name? Johnetta. Johnetta? Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Why are you a liberal, Johnetta? Happy birthday. See the light, Johnetta. Who are you? Happy birthday, dear Janetta. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. In fact, listen, I got for my liberal wife. Well, you're not my liberal wife, but. Well, no. no, you're not you. No, no, this is not about you. Oh, she walks in. No, my wife's not a liberal. <laughs> but, all right, Ray, we're going to convert her, okay? God bless you. Happy birthday! And I also said somebody would buy her a birthday drink, and that's not me, of course, because I never have any money. We got a drink. All right, beautiful. Our goal is going to get—we're going to get her so drunk tonight she decides to become a Republican. <laughs> I have a voter registration form with me. Now, really, it's so great to see you guys. I'm really—I'm uh, uh, thrilled you came. I
2: right. was so excited to meet Ray.
0: Ray has been calling the show, going, "If I come, are you guys going to be nice?" He was so <laughs> nervous. I said, "We're the nicest people." All right. Uh, but I do want to check in with uh, our buddy John Mcnesby. He, of course, is the president of FOP Lodge Five in Philadelphia. Uh, another very tough day for uh, for the Philadelphia Police Department. John, thank you for making time today. It's an extremely busy day, and, and I appreciate it. How are, how are you? How are you, you guys it. holding up?
3: Uh, it's been a long, long couple of days, but listen, we're, we, you know, we have to do what we have to do to make sure that we support the cops on the street, and that we also get uh, get these people in that did this to the. To these officers, so that's key. Getting these people off the street as quick as possible and putting some closure to the family is uh, is what we're, we're what we're trying to do right now.
0: John Mcnesby, as president of FOP Lodge Five, the union members, your guys, your men and women in uniform, I thought today that the interim commissioner. I felt like he had your back in calling out the fact that the convictions of these people are not happening in Philadelphia. And not mentioned Krasner's name, but I could feel I could read between the sub- subtext. And that's what he was saying, I think.
3: Well, you know, if he set the bar high, so anybody that's going to try and take that job from him uh, is going to have a hard time. He will back the cops. He's going to stand by the cops, and uh, we have to send that message. And I think it's starting, to, it's starting to resonate around the city that this guy is no good for police. He's no good for the community. The community's not safe. You see exactly what's happening. There's no repercussions. They know nothing's going to happen to them, so they do what they want to do at will. And, um, and we've got to turn that around.
0: I was very happy to see the other night that the chopper was, was, was uh, in the air, shining a spotlight on the dirt bikes the atvs and then the cops are impounding them and destroying them i thought bravo well done and i know that their hands were tied under the previous commissioner and the interim commissioner said "The hell with it we're doing it we're going after these guys i thought that was a great move
3: right and i think once we have the uh roll, you know the roll calls up we have the manpower up that you're going to see a lot more different things uh, that are proactive to protect the community, and it's not going to be business as usual anymore in the city of Philadelphia. I think with a new mayor coming in, with this new commissioner, we're going to be able to send a message. We're going to take the city back, and the people are going to want to feel safe again. Uh, I mean, whoever, God, you know, who's whoever thought something like that would happen at the airport? I mean, you know, that sends a message threat, and that's on TV on every major news station around the country. So that does not portray our city as safe. Uh, And people are not going to come here if it's not safe. So we have to turn that around, and we have to do it quick.
0: John, let's talk about the officer who lost his life. Uh, I have heard he was—I met him once at the airport years ago. I I just remember he had a a huge smile on his face. He was a sweetheart of a man. And I I know that everybody was heartbroken. I mean, so so horrific.
3: Rich, he was in the 25th District, probably one of the busiest districts in the city of Philadelphia, for almost twenty years, and then he gets transferred to the airport unit. And I'm not saying that that's a retirement spot, but it's it's a place where you're supposed to wind down to run out your career. And and he's still doing the job. And, and look what happens to him. Um, and that should have never happened. He's just a great guy. And there was there was an emergency room last night, and a lot of uh, a lot of hurt cops.
0: The officer is fighting for his life right now. Uh, any updates on that? He's
3: uh, he's up. He's alert. Um, he hopefully will be discharged tomorrow. Um, we're getting word on that, but they're still doing some follow-up tests, making sure there's not going to be any infection or damage. But uh, he was very lucky, and you know, I think uh, we really need to rally around him and uh, make sure that he knows that he did what he was supposed to do for his partner, and and you know, this was the outcome. It's the outcome, but um, he did he did what he was supposed to do, and um, it just wasn't the outcome we wanted.
0: John, I see that the, uh, the FOP Lodge 5 is asking for donations to the Richard C. Mendez Memorial account. Um, is, that, is that what you'd like people to do to help out?
3: Yeah, that's an account that's going to be it was set up through the uh, Police and Fire Federal Credit Union, and it's, it's directly, everything goes directly to the family. So it goes right to the bank and to the bank to the family.
0: Um, and the FOP Lodge 5 Survivors Fund, is that, is that also going to be kicking in here as well?
3: Yes, we'll kick in. We've also kicked in for a reward fund. We started out this morning, and within four hours, we're up close to $175,000. So that'll be payable for the arrest. You bring these scumbags in today, and they're paid, you're, you're paid today. So you, you give them up, and you're paid. It's not for the arrest, conviction, and everything else. Bring them in, and you're paid.
0: I know there's a lot of people here. We're live in KMA, John. There's a lot of people here that want to help. So um, go to the Lodge website if they want to make a donation. Is that the best thing to do? yes. Yeah.
3: That'd be great. www.fop5thenumber.org.
0: Larry Krasner is a cancer on the city. You and I have talked about this so many times. This guy has got to go. He's just destroying Philadelphia. I think that's his design. It's his purpose. And I'm so sick and tired of, of the way that he hates cops. And for him to come out today and blame the NRA for a, an officer being murdered trying to stop criminals from stealing a car and another officer almost losing his life for him to come out and blame the nra and uh, and, and gun laws over this this guy is just he's out of control well, john
3: he's going to blame anybody but himself all he has to do is look in the mirror he's no good he's never been any good he's been a career defense attorney his whole life um the only one that seems to be getting arrested in philadelphia are the police and it's, you know, we're out there doing our job. He second guesses us. And it's, you know, his days are numbered. People are catching on to him, I believe. You know, a couple of years ago was just that, us out there, the FOP and the cops banging our chest. Now people, it's starting to directly affect them and they're, and they're picking up on it. And I think it's time to come to an end.
0: John, how much is the reward right now up to? Is it 168500 still?
3: Yeah, well, we're a little over one seventy-two, I believe. That's fantastic. 000, so And, uh, you know, like I said, bring these dirt balls in today and and you're paid. I'll go back to work tonight and make sure that you get a check.
0: Listen, buddy, you're a good man. Uh, I've I've said for a long time, you know, there's a special kind of cop in Philadelphia. I think it's the finest department in the country. I've said that for a very long time. Um, uh, My heart is broken. Our hearts are broken. And I'm glad your leadership is there for everybody during this and through this. And we're going to, we got your back. We're going to fight for you. I was, glad to, I was glad to hear the interim commissioner say today the police need your support because I feel like that needs to be said and can't be said enough.
3: He's a good guy. And listen, the only thing a good leader needs is followers. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, you're going to have 6,000 followers behind you. And we'll get this back in order.
0: John McNesby, thank you, my friend. God bless.
1: Thank you. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
0: Well, you know, that's good. I think if, the, if um, Cheryl Parker becomes the mayor of Philadelphia, which is prop, what's that? Not if. Not if. When, when let's be honest. Uh, I think she's going to keep this interim commissioner as commissioner, and that'll be a good thing. You can hear that from John McNesby. They'd be very, very happy if this guy stayed on as the commissioner. So that'd be a great thing. That'd be good. So we'll take that. Uh, okay we got other stuff to talk about today and uh, let's let's talk about what Kamala Harris eats for breakfast every day shall we because (laughs) you know listen here's the deal if the puppet when the puppet falls asleep at night after eating his pudding Kamala Harris is still not in charge thank God but by the way gorgeous sunset behind us look at that isn't that nice Joe is this when you start to sundown About now, Mr. President? Start the sundowning right about now? Yes, it is, right? Uh, Kamala Harris eats this for breakfast, cut number five. I will tell you I eat no for breakfast. (laughs) I don't hear no.
2: (laughs) And I encourage you not to hear it.
0: Has she been drug tested, Mr. President? (laughs) Have you ever had her drug tested? Yes. Uh, She also said uh, it's a false choice to care about reducing the, well, take a listen, cut six.
2: The other point I will make here is it is a false choice to say that we either care about reducing the climate crisis or the economy. We can do both, and we're proving we can.
0: (laughs) Have you had her drug tested, Mr. President? Uh, Then she said, whenever I'm facing, you know, something, I do this. Um, Anyone want to guess what she uses as her coping mechanism? Pot. Pot, yes. What else? (laughs) Who said Venn diagrams? Who said it? Who said it? You said it? Who else? All right. Peter McKeon from Highlight Electric, one of our most generous sponsors for the Travis Manion Foundation. What's up, buddy? How are you? Did you bring your grandson today? Oh, good. All right, excellent. We got some incredible people here. Uh, it's it's always uh, always wonderful to see everybody. Uh, well, let's see if they're right. If they said that, let's see. Cut number seven. So. I'll tell you one of the things about me.
2: So I'm kind of a nerd on certain levels about certain things. So here's one reveal. I love Venn diagrams. (laughs) I love Venn diagrams. I'm telling you, whenever I'm facing like a conflict and I need to sort it out, give me a Venn diagram every day of the week,
4: right?
0: Mr. President, have you had her tested for drugs? Guys, what's with with that cackle that she does, that that hideous cackle? It sounds like the Joker, doesn't it? (laughs) I love Venn diagrams. Wow. All right. Uh, That could be the president of the United States. Now, my guess is that Joe Biden will not be the nominee in 2024. My guess is, and I'm going to go on a limb here and say that it's probably going to be one of two people. Gavin Newsom with his glorious hair. Have you seen that man's hair? It's gorgeous. Do you know the carbon footprint of that hair? How much product he puts in that hair? I know for a fact that every dead whale that washes up on the shore, they take the oil. They used to use that for lamps in the old days. They now use it for Gavin Newsom's head, for the hair. No joke. That's no joke, folks. Uh, And then I hope somebody's going to get a picture of me with the puppet. What do you think? Anyone? No, nobody wants to see it. <laughs> um, or Michelle Obama? No. I didn't say I liked it. Don't don't yell at me. You're yelling at me like I'm endorsing her or something. But I'm getting very very worried because Barack Obama is pulling the strings here. I'm getting very very worried that this is what's going to happen. Is that is that fair enough? Who pulls the shots? Does Bernie Sanders call it? Joe, we've told you before. You are not socialist enough. Also, change it depends. You stink. You stink. And uh, Megaphone Bernie would like to ask Caitlin if there are any single bridesmaids here today that she could bring up. who might need a date. After this, we're going to crash the wedding, and then we're going streaking... Uh, all right well so i mean this is the problem that democrats have right now they've got a major major problem with the president who fell down again today or fell up the stairs i should say today they fell up he fell up the stairs so it's an issue no question about it it's absolutely an issue and i think that a change is coming oh that's a fantastic picture that's great we got some good ones all right wonderful excellent uh, I got one more Zioli Army. I got two more Zioli Army hats. All right. Now, did you get one before? Fish club lady. <laughs> did you get one before for your hottie friends at the Marlin and Tuna? Barry loves tuna. Fish. You got one? Good. How about you, the hottie next to the owner of the hotel, Caitlin? Did you need one? Yeah. Do I need one? All right, I think I think. Well, you definitely should get one. You're the boss. Come on, here we go. Let's catch. Ready? Here we go. Let's do it, Caitlin. Everybody, if you need an event, oh, I missed. Damn it. <laughs> See, I have no game. If you need an event, seriously, at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, Caitlin is who you talk to. Weddings, banquets, corporate events, and uh, they just do a great job here. They- That's a very bald head, sir. You're right. It could use a hat. <laughs> That is a very bald head. We should cover it with a hat. All right, fair enough. You won. You win. you win. We're going to exploit the bald. Exploit the bald. There you go. All right, very good. Well done. You're welcome. Um Seriously, the Grand Hotel of Cape May. I love this place. It is my happy place. And as you know, uh, like I've said before, they have a lot of weddings here. In fact, recently, Caitlin sent me a note and said that uh, the father of the bride, a proud member of the Zioli Army. So if you ever need an event here, four ballrooms to serve you, family events, uh, corporate events, baby showers, bridal showers, you name it, Caitlin is who you talk to. So thank you, Caitlin, for your hospitality and your generosity. We appreciate it very, very much. If you'd like to become a member of the Cape May Marlin and Tuna Club, I have to let you know that membership is now closed. I am the last man in, as they say. And it was a very tough application process, and I had to reach deep into my savings account for that $310, and no, I don't fish, (laughs) nor will I ever fish. But they are having a banquet here at the Grand Hotel coming up very, very soon, right? We're excited about that. All right, we're having a lot of fun, but we are so grateful that you came out and joined us tonight. Uh, the situation in Israel is continuing to get very, very hostile. Uh, the United States of America with its schizophrenic foreign policy regarding Iran is something that I need to discuss with you as well. Plus, in addition to all of that... We have to talk about what the president announced today in Philadelphia. Uh, Money for clean energy, in air quotes. What does that mean? How will it affect everybody else? And what what, does it also mean that um, Jim Jordan now is gaining votes? Will he be the next speaker of the House of Representatives? Absolutely. All of that for you is still to come. But listen, I've been telling you for a very long time about a great guy, a great friend of the show, and that is my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria. Now, when it comes to dental care, you have to understand there are a lot of these corporations out there, these big chain dental offices, don't go to them. Dr. Mike Venaria is the master of dental implants for a reason, very complicated dental implants. Mama Zioli first discovered him years ago. When it comes to a new smile, you want a man who's going to take this very seriously and make sure you get the smile of your dreams. A Hollywood smile, but not at the Hollywood prices. That's what separates Dr. Mike Venaria from all the rest. And that's why for 10 years in a row, he has been voted best dentist in New Jersey by his colleagues. But he's worth the drive from wherever you come from. Pennsylvania, Delaware. New Jersey, and yes, like Mama Zioli from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Wherever you are, Dr. Mike Venaria is worth it, so reach out to him today. Call his office for a free dental implant consultation by going to venariadental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, venariadental.com. And I want to invite all of you to his Veterans Breakfast on Veterans Day, Saturday, November 11th. It's also Patrick Zioli's birthday. He's turning nine. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. We will salute our veterans. We will have a complimentary breakfast. Dr. Mike Venaria does this every year because he loves this country and he wants to salute our veterans. That is going to be on Saturday, November 11th at his Cinnamonson office. It's also a free community shredding event. So you can bring your documents that you want to get shredded. Any of those uh, things that you don't want to get into the wrong hands. And do that. Mark your calendar, Saturday, November 11th. And when you need a smile, a beautiful smile with those complicated dental implants, periodontal, period, I can't say the word, Melissa. You told me to say it, but periodontal, now I sound like Joe Biden. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm just going to use the head for the rest of the show today. (laughs) Reach out to Dr. Venaria, all right? VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. He is my buddy, he's my friend, and he is the master of dental implants. Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com
1: the only show on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app.
0: We got a speakership update. Jim Jordan is gaining ground. After being defeated by Jim Jordan, Austin Scott has called on his Republican colleagues to unite behind the Ohio congressman. Hey, settle down. Zip it. Thank you. On Twitter, he wrote, I highly respect Jim Jordan. He is an asset to the Republican Party. Our conference has spoken, and now we must unite behind Jordan so we can get Congress back to work. Ron DeSantis just endorsed Jim Jordan. I think Jordan's going to get this. I feel really good about this right now. That's the update. Here's the other update. Tomorrow morning's going to hurt. I just got this bottle of... um, Chef Mills, who is the executive chef at Hemingway's Restaurant, which I have to tell you, honestly, if you've not eaten there, you're missing out. The food is delicious. Freshest steaks, seafood. We were here over the summer at the Grand Hotel, and Bridget and I were at the pool, and you could see the seafood trucks pull up. They bring out the fresh fish. They catch it right by the lobster house down there, right right down there. The boats come in. No, for real. Uh, No joke, folks. And the same with the steaks. It's all fresh. And Chef Mills is a great guy, so he gave me a bottle of, this is 2XO whiskey. This is two times oak by David Dedman American oak oak Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey so tomorrow morning is going to hurt but this is available at Hemingway's restaurant for you if you would like to experience it Uh, and it's a great place so we're very very grateful he even got me rocks he knows I like ice so call it a day give it to Levin early or what nope can't do that All right, we'll keep going (laughs) thought I'd kick it over the great one uh, a little bit early tonight uh The truth of the matter is, and again, I've said this and I, I think it's really important to note, the speaker race at this point is coming down to a question of are the I don't want to say they're moderate Republicans. I don't think moderate is a correct term. I'm I'm tired of uh, the far right being some sort of a slander. I don't don't view these Republicans as moderates. I I think these Republicans are, they are the uniparty. They are the party of war. They are the party of spending. They are the party. These are people who are Democrats in their hearts, but they come from Republican districts. They, They are the swamp. Look, a long time ago, I realized something about the way that congressional districts are drawn. Depending on where you live depends on your party affiliation if you want to be a politician. Here's what I mean by that. Say you're a Democrat, but you want to run for Congress. You want to be a congressman. But you can't win in that district as a Democrat, so you run as a Republican. And then you get there and you go, I'm going to be a different kind of Republican. And you're you're a Democrat. You're a Democrat. You just ran as a Republican to win in that district. And that's the problem. And we've got a lot of those Republicans who are there. And it's a major problem. And the thing about being in the House of Representatives, which infuriates me, is that the way that these districts are drawn, there's only maybe, what, 10 that are really competitive in the country? Maybe 10, maybe 12. The rest of them, the minute you get in there, your, your first fight is the hardest fight, and that's your re-election fight. If you can survive the re-election fight, you can survive. And you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. You're going to make it just fine. And then you're there for life. And these bums need term limits. We need term limits. We have to change the system. Nobody is entitled to a job for life. Let's see now. We got a, an update here. President Joe Biden just made a clean energy announcement in Philadelphia. He's now going to have, oh, hydrogen. That's not a bad idea, actually. H- hydrogen power. Okay. I'm amazed. Wow. Wow. All right, a hydrogen hub. That that could be a good thing. We'll talk more about that. Thank you very much, Tommy, for that. I appreciate it. Uh, Term limits, the argument against them is we'll let the voters decide. But the voters don't have a say because of how the districts are drawn. The power of incumbency is is so strong that you you really can't be defeated unless there's something in, that's an anomaly. You know, the wave after Watergate, for example, the Republican Revolution of '94. There are anomalies in politics, but for the most part, things don't change. That's why the red wave was never really going to be a red wave, because of a law known as douche douche ba, What's the what's the <laughs> law? You're getting real close to that
2: dump button. Yeah. Uh, It's Duverger's Law.
0: Duverger's Law. (laughs) Said by a Harvard (laughs) Duverger. which is that in any political system such as ours, you're going to have two political parties. And the problem is that if you are going to go after somebody who's an existing member of Congress and you're going to defeat them, like let's take New Jersey's first, uh, second, uh, third congressional district as an example. This is the district that's held by Andy Kim. Prior to that, it was a couple of Republicans along the way who realized they had to, you know, kind of moderate to, to be able to win. Tom MacArthur, though, I thought was a very good conservative. Of course, The problem, though, is that as they changed the district map, they added a couple towns on the eastern part of the state, and Burlington County changed a little bit, so suddenly the district became a Democrat district. Andy Kim won after a vicious primary fight. Now he's going to be there for as long as he wants to be. The only way he loses is if somebody outflanks him to the left and beats him in a primary, and this is the other problem that we have right now, which is that the Democrat Party in this country right now, is the most extreme they have ever been since the post-Civil War. You have to remember something about the Democrat Party, and if you have not read Mark Levin's book, The Democrat Party Hates America, I encourage you to do it. There have been periods of time throughout this country's history where the Democrat Party has been exceptionally radical. It started during the Confederate States of America, when the Democrat Party was willing to destroy the Republic to keep slavery. Think about that. The Democrat Party was willing to destroy the republic to keep slavery. Then the Democrat Party formed their militant wing known as the Ku Klux Klan. The Democrat Party passed a series of laws known as Jim Crow laws. When when black people used to go into places of uh, business... And they were told you had to sit in the back or you couldn't come in. Those were not private market decisions, despite the way the corporate media and history professors try to spin it today. Those were government laws where the Board of Health or whatever the government entity would come in and shut you down if a black person was sitting with a white person. This is what the Democrats did to this country. And then the Democrats did something so incredibly radical, it was almost hard to fathom. Woodrow Wilson becomes president the worst president ever a racist and anti-semite he resegregates the American military which had been desegregated of course during the civil war Woodrow Wilson then proceeds to radically expand the executive branch of government and introduce the progressive movement to America this is not the Teddy Roosevelt progressivism it's different it's more it, it's socialism but socialism had a bad rap in Europe so they called themselves progressives then you kick the ball over to The hero of the left, the godfather of leftism, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Now, you can applaud Roosevelt's actions in World War II, although I find it problematic that he knew where the concentration camps were and refused to bomb those railroad tracks. I find that very problematic that he turned away boatloads of Jews when he knew that they were being sent to camps. Somehow, though, he's a hero to the left. And the reason why he's a hero to the left is because they're willing to ignore all that because... Franklin Delano Roosevelt proceeded to create the executive branch of government we have today with all these three-letter, four-letter agencies that run our lives and have decided that they will make the rules and the laws. Then, of course, you get to Lyndon Johnson, you get to Barack Obama, and you get to this idiot we have in the White House today. There is a movement right now in this country to restore the power of the executive branch of government away from the bureaucrats and back to the president. Now, the New York Times will interpret that as the following. Donald Trump wants to radically transform the presidency and increase the power of the presidency. Here's the interpretation. He wants to take it away from unelected bureaucrats who believe that they make policy because they work at the EPA or they work at NOAA or they work at any of the other three-letter agencies in this country. The movement that's underfoot, and Jim Jordan's a big part of this. Hey, zip it! (laughs) Jim Jordan's a big part of this right now, is to say that the executive branch of government cannot operate on its own rules do not have the power of law congress passes laws not the executive branch and so bureaucrats in these agencies can't go around for example and say you have to have a guy on your boat when you're catching what is what's the freaking fish herring it's herring right air uh, in the case the the um the, the case before the supreme court I don't remember. Oh honestly. come on! We talk about the Chevron deference doctrine all the time. How do you get into Harvard these days? I don't understand this. I never wrote any report. What on did you need a chev- crayon to get deference. in? Primes. <laughs> so these guys are—they fish for herring. Do, do we catch herring at the Cape May Marlin? And we don't. How about the Cape May Marlin Tuna Herring and Catfish Club? You like that? Uh, so these guys are out there—they're catching herring, and then the federal government says, um, "Hey." Nice herring boat you got over there. We need you to have a herring monitor on your boat. A what? Yeah, a guys, guy's got to monitor your fish. Oh, and by the way, you got to pay for it. And so these fishermen turn around and go, what, what are you talking about? They said, yeah, we need you to have a federal monitor on your boat to make sure you're not overfishing, and you have to pay for it. Yes. That case is right now going before the United States Supreme Court. Have you heard of that, Matt DeSantis? Uh, the Supreme Court? Yes. yes. Oh, good. Just check. Familiar it. with it. The bar is low these days in hiring. Am I right, Tommy? <laughs> um, at the heart of the Chevron Deference Doctrine is this question of can the executive branch, really, and I'll sum it up for you in this way, Can just do whatever the hell it wants. Can it just start telling, making up rules and laws out of thin air? That is at the heart of this question. And years ago, Congress uh, said, we'll pass laws and then the executive branch will then go ahead and enforce them. And somewhere along the way, there was a very, very famous case in the 1980s where the Reagan administration turned around and said, we don't believe, as the executive branch of government, we should be enforcing the law in this manner the way that these bureaucrats want it to be enforced. In other words, we should get to interpret whether or not our enforcement power is, is consistent with congressional law. At the time, the Reagan administration was spot on with this analysis. Look at it like this. Right? Let's say, for example, the um, law in question was the Clean Air Act. And as part of that, um, it, bureaucrats turned around and said, you can't throw hats at chandeliers because you might r- r- release gas into the air and kill everybody. Therefore, anyone who throws a hat gets a $25,000 fine. And then the administration turns around and goes, we're not going to enforce that. The Congress didn't pass that law. Reagan was right to challenge it. Here's the problem. The Supreme Court sided with them in the original Chevron and said, you're right. The executive branch really does have deference when it comes to deciding laws and how they're enforced. But like anything else, the minute the Democrats got in power, they said, so you mean we can make new laws from the executive branch of government? And that's exactly what they proceeded to do. And so what they started to do then was to radically expand these departments. So let's take the whales, for example, shall we? Let's take our friends from the Guardians of the East Coast, who are trying, Patrick J., trying to fight to save the whales. So the National OSHI and, and a graphic, and uh, NOAA, right, thank you, NOAA, They are out there lying and saying that there's no evidence that the wind turbines are killing the whales and dolphins. They're they're lying. They're perpetuating this lie, as is the Environmental Protection Agency. And the reason for this is bureaucrats of these agencies are emboldened and empowered to turn around and say, we get to make the laws. And if Congress doesn't like it, Congress has to pass a law to overturn it. In other words, let me ask you this, how many of your congressmen or senators voted for the hundreds of wind turbines that are about to be up and down the New Jersey shore? Zero. Not one. And they never had to. And that's also by design. So what Jim Jordan is trying to do, and another reason why the Uniparty wants to stop him, is because Jim Jordan is saying that we need to restore this balance between the legislative branch of government and the executive branch of government. This is a very big threat to the Uniparty. And the reason why is because most of these people are very, they're very untalented people. They're not that smart. Take John Fetterman as an example. (laughs) (laughs) They go to Washington to serve a few terms and then their plan is they're going to leave and they're going to make lots and lots of money as a lobbyist or a lawyer for an interest group. And as long as they play nice... They'll get nice, big, fat, lucrative contracts, whether it's big pharma, defense industrial industry, or it's um, the Orsted Wind Company, the Danish conglomerate that is behind these wind turbines. So you play nice. You serve your terms in Congress and you then end up a millionaire. This is a threat to the Uniparty. And it's the same reason why they don't want to stop Ukraine funding, it's the same reason why they don't want to go up against big pharma, the same reason why they don't want to go up against big energy, big green energy, I should say, for all these various reasons. It's money. These people want to make money. And Jim Jordan's a threat to them. Kevin McCarthy was not. Kevin McCarthy was willing to play the game. Paul Ryan was willing to play the game. John Boehner was willing to play the game. Steve Scalise, sadly, as much as I admire the guy, would have played the game. Jordan's not going to play that game. That's why they want to stop. Trump doesn't want to play that game either. And he's not going to. And this time around, it's personal for him because this time around, he saw what the executive branch can do to a president. And he knows the battle that is underway. I can't read that because it's too freaking dark in here because they can't afford to pay. (laughs) Is my 50... Use code Zioli and save 15% off your stays at the Grand Hotel. I guess it's so successful that the PSE&G bill or couldn't be uh windmill atlantic, windmill atlantic? <laughs> do i have a live read here what do i got to do here done with live read. am i right. done yeah all right good so i'll just say this we're live at the grand hotel of cape main new jersey use promo code Zioli <laughs> to save 15 percent off your midweek stays we're so glad you're here we're having a great time i'm gonna stay and take pictures we're gonna have a, a fun night so don't go away we'll be right back
1: Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. I tell you, you know
0: you've arrived in life when a woman walks over and hands you her uh, a hotel key. <laughs> and I, for a minute I felt like a rock star, except that it was my friend Melissa and she said, here, your wife said, take that. And she's leaving with her friends. So my wife left my own show to go with her friends and was like, here's your room key. See you later. So I went from feeling like a rock star, being like, wow, women are throwing me hotel keys? (laughs) To feeling like my own wife doesn't even want to listen to my show for four hours. She's like, enough of that guy. All right, we are live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. We're having a blast. I'll tell you what. This is by far the best crowd we've had all year in terms of size, energy, positivity. It's a big help, by the way, that Chris did not come, right? The Bachelor Chris. (laughs) Just kidding, Chris. We miss you. But it looked like Road Warrior was here. Road Warrior was here for a few seconds, and I think he put a, a fatwa on my head, and he left. No, oh, did he? Yeah, maybe it's too soon to make that joke. But he was here for a while, and then he gave us a dirty look, and he left. Uh, I'd never even met the guy before. Oh, you don't want to. He it usually here.
2: torments me it's, online. It's
0: terrifying. Uh, oh, there he is. What's up, Road Warrior? Oh, there he is. He's right back there with his beautiful wife, who also he uh, outkicked his coverage. <laughs> Thank you for coming, guys. It's good to see you. All right. Now he's mad at me again. You see, he gets mad, very <laughs> mad, goes back and forth. There's the only army. They're very nice to me. And then they turn on me very quickly. You see how that works on social media? All right. Do we covered a lot of ground today? Do we miss anything is the question. Do we miss anything? Are you asking me? Yeah, I think we got it. All right. Oh, we do have a dad. Yeah, there's one thing left. What did you want? To, what did you want me to get
2: you, to, Matt? The I wanted to get to this story about an Arizona father who um, spoke at a school board m- meeting recently uh, he took a stand against the dress code rules, and uh, <laughs> it's more of a visual, honestly, than than audio. But here's here's the report. So basically, he had uh, some sort of like what is it? A halter top, like a, yeah. a bra or something, and uh, and Daisy well, tubes, and that's how he spoke to the school board. It's it's pretty
0: entertaining. Tube top. A tube to- a tube top with spaghetti straps. And then he rolled his pants. Down. Roll his pants down, and this is how he addressed the school board. Uh, this is excellent. Oh, good. Oh, for board meeting.
4: You might be wondering, why is a parent wearing this to a school board meeting?
2: I really had to make a statement.
4: This is Ira Latham, a Gilbert father with four kids in the Higley Unified School District.
2: These are my babies. These are my kids. I'm concerned about them.
4: In May, the district started dress code discussions, looking to update the policy, which hadn't been changed since 2001.
2: This is a very polarizing and controversial subject.
4: Board members split on the issue, some advocating for a new, looser dress code policy eliminating restrictions allowing for exposed midriff and spaghetti straps and halter (laughs) tops saying the existing policies disproportionately target female students we're saying that they need to cover up because a way it might make someone else feel and that is wrong others advocating for a more modest dress code if we are prepping our children to be college and career ready then they need to learn to be able to have self-respect. The proposed policy also catching the attention of parents like Latham.
2: My concerns were about preparing students for entering the workforce, setting the right expectations, having respect for other students in the classroom.
4: After speaking out at a prior meeting, Latham opted for a different strategy last month.
2: Under the proposed policy, this would be appropriate in a classroom.
4: Latham stripping down to a crop top with spaghetti straps <laughs> and very
2: short shorts. The Code that they wanted to get to is just basically a dress code for a public pool, making sure that kids cover their underwear, and that's about it.
4: But despite Latham's demonstration, the board <laughs> not squirting the issue. In a three-to-two vote, they approved the new, more lenient policy.
2: It's going to be harder for the teachers to have to deal with this new new policy. It's going to be more distracting in the classroom, and it's going to have some te- some parents that want to get pull their
0: kids out of the districts. Wow, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, and by the way, that guy has had more roles than Ponzio's, I believe is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention, you know, my buddy Dean Filari is here from the South Jersey FOP Lodge 56. Uh, these guys do also do great work. You know, when an officer dies, killed in the line of duty, every cop's affected and all the FOP lodges, the PBAs, they come together. Uh, they make a big presence at the funeral, they help the families, they help the fallen. There are cigar nights coming up next week, and I'll be there. And if you would like to join us, it is going to be on Saturday, October 21st. Uh, see Dean over there or go to their website at njfop56.com. There will be cigar, cigars. You can wear a tube top, uh, spaghetti straps, <laughs> meet some cops. Maybe you'll get lucky and get a PBA card or an FOP card. I'm just saying. Oh, an FOP, not PBA. It's different. Two different unions, but they all come together. That's the point. Uh, on a serious note, obviously, you know we lost a Philadelphia police officer. It's a heartbreaking day, and we still have one who's in the hospital, and hopefully tomorrow we will be able to go home to his family. But I can't stress the enough. This is ne- it's never been a tougher time, in my opinion, to be a police officer in this country because of these prosecutors around the country. I say prosecutors in air quotes. These defense attorneys who call themselves district attorneys who go after cops and not criminals. And I thought the interim commissioner's words today were very profound when he said, "We have to. This is about convicting people, and we need to convict criminals, and they need to be afraid of being convicted. And some people need to do time; they need to go to prison, and that's what needs to happen. And he's exactly right when he said that. Absolutely. And I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm telling you right now that the. the when John Mcnesby said today that people are 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 realizing now what Krasner's up to, and I think the reason why is because of conservative talk radio in a big way. And here's what I mean by this: the corporate media is afraid to talk about what George Soros is doing to this country. They're afraid to talk about what Barack Obama is doing to the world with his support of Iran. They're afraid to talk about what the Democrats are doing to this country with the invasion at the southern border. They're afraid to talk about all these things because they I call them corporate media because they're owned by these big corporations who are all afraid of their shadows. And they make stupid decisions as corporations, like making Dylan Mulvaney their spokesperson. They lose a lot of money and they don't realize that, hey, maybe America is not with you and your woke agenda. They don't learn from that. And the reason why they don't learn is because they keep hiring these woke college kids from Ivy League institutions. Matt DeSantis is the exception. <laughs> he really is. And uh, they infiltrate the boardroom like viruses and they tell them that this is how America thinks. And conservative radio has been pushing back on these George Soros-funded prosecutors for years. I have been, we have been, and will continue to do so. And much like how Hamas is a terrorist organization that wants to wipe out the following three groups, Jews, Christians, and Muslims, who they believe are not living according to their interpretation of Islam, they, these are not people you reason with. These are bad, evil people. Period. Despite what your woke college daughter or son thinks, despite what the campus group thinks with their uh, rainbow unicorns, the these groups will kill them first to send a, a message. Send a message. So remember the power of talk radio because we are we are making a difference, and that's a good good thing. But I want to thank the Grand Hotel of Cape May for hosting us today. What a fabulous day! Bob, Caitlin, Michael, Chef Mills, the whole team—great job! I really appreciate it. Later, I'll be going to my other happy place, the Cape May Marlin, Tuna, Herring, and Catfish Club. Please see me if you'd like to join. I can talk about it with you after the show. Let's take some pictures. I really appreciate you coming. God bless you. I feel so blessed to be able to do this every day of my life. I feel like the luckiest man in the world. And that's because of you. Thank you to the Scioli Army. Thank you for coming out today. Go Phils. Go go Eagles on Sunday. And God bless the Philadelphia Police Department. Have a great night. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Thank you.
1: Rich Zioli weekday afternoons 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT and on the free Odyssey app.